I want you to join together as we share in the reading of God's Word this morning. We'll be looking at John chapter 1. If you would stand, please, for the reading of the Scripture. We'll be looking together at John chapter 1, 1 through 4, and then verse 14. You have that text before you. Please join me as we read together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light of all people. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. We have seen His glory. Glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, we are halfway through the celebration of Advent. We are 11 days into December. There are 12 more days before Christmas Eve. And by now, uh, most of us have probably decorated the house, decorated the tree, we're well into our shopping list, uh, and all of us uh, are either today at the halfway point, we're feeling really good about where we are, you know, and the progress we've made, or we're about to enter into panic mode because we realize time is running out and there's so much more that we have yet to do. We have been looking together over the last few Sundays about how to do Christmas differently. Um, As wonderful as Christmas is, it can be, uh, given all that it's become, it can be kind of a chaotic, stressful time. And so how can we do it differently? We talked, first of all, about making a commitment to worship the hope of Christmas, which is Christ, to worship the hope instead of getting all wrapped up in the hype of Christmas. Last Sunday, I think I shocked a few folks when we talked about uh, make a commitment this year to spend less on gifts. Uh, We feel pressured at this time of the year to overextend ourselves, to buy things that maybe our budget doesn't really uh, allow for, and a lot of us get overextended and uh, go into debt, and so we said just try to spend less this year. I think a lot of people panicked about that. They thought, well, I'm not going to be able to give gifts this year if, you, if I do that. Well, today I'm going to share the second part of that message from last week. I believe that your Christmas will go a whole lot better if you make a commitment to spend maybe less on things, but to give more gifts than you ever have before. Now, that might sound like a contradiction. You say, if I'm going to spend less, how can I give more? Well, here's what I'm talking about. Make a commitment this year to give what matters most. And that is yourself. Think about it. As great as the gifts are that we give at Christmas time, you know, they're nice, they're pretty, but bottom line, they're stuff. And as great as we think they are, Really, most of the gifts that we're going to get or give this year really aren't that significant. You test this out later today. When you, when you get home today, or if you're out today shopping or eating lunch or whatever, ask people around you, 
What are the three favorite Christmas gifts that you got last Christmas? Most of us will be hard-pressed to think of even one, much less three. They've long since been forgotten. What if this Christmas, instead of feeling the need to buy more and more stuff, what if you gave more? Maybe if you, what if you gave something they would never forget? What if you gave yourself? How could you be a blessing to your husband or wife this year? Uh, kids, how could you give your time and your attention and your way of serving mom and dad this year? Or your brother or your sister? Trust me. A gift of ourself to our family is going to mean far more than any trinket or any stuff that you can wrap and put under the tree. And that is especially true when it comes to the gifts that we give family. And I want to center in on family this morning. Next week we'll talk about how to give beyond our family, because we, we, we give a lot of gifts at Christmas time, but this morning I want to focus in on family, or people who are like family to us. And think about the gifts we're going to give. Think about this. To most people, you are expendable. Whether you are a garbage uh, truck driver, or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, if you were to leave, when the time comes that you, are, or you may be suddenly gone, for a few days there's going to be tears, there'll be a sense of loss, but in a matter of days, guess what? You're going to be replaced. And that company, that business, that neighborhood, that whatever, is going to go right on as they were before. But there's one group of people a small group of people to whom you are indispensable. If you were not here, you would be greatly missed and there would be a huge difference in their lives because you could never be replaced because your life is so intricately and intimately interwoven with theirs. I'm talking about your family or the people that are like family to you. Think about those folks for just a minute. Just take a few seconds and think about, call up in in your heart and in your mind, the people that are family. Let me suggest to you, those people, they have needs that only you can provide because of the unique relationship that you share with them. You are dad, or you are mom. You are big brother, you are sister, you are grandmother, you are grandfather. Do you really think that that small group of people that's on your mind right now, do you really think that what they need most from you is more stuff? Anybody can give them stuff. What they need from you is yourself. What if this Christmas 
instead of just giving family a bunch of stuff, what if you decided to give more? What if you decided to give what matters most? Yourself. Now think about that. That's really how this whole Christmas thing got started. God decided that He wanted to give us something. And so God looked at, at, at the world and He looked at the needs of the world. He, he gazed into the hearts of, of the people He created, His sons and His daughters. And He came to the conclusion of what He was going to give. And what He decided was not to give us more stuff. You know what He did? He gave Himself. He gave Himself. And that's really what this passage is all about that we read just a moment ago uh, from John's Gospel. The other Gospels that talk about the birth of Christ give us a lot of details. John doesn't do that. John, rather, he wants us to know who it is that came, not how it happened. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. When God assessed the needs of the world, He decided to give Himself. Now, God's action here in giving reveals something very important that you and I would benefit in knowing. And it's this. The greatest gifts are relational. The greatest gifts are relational. They're not manufactured in some plant in China or Japan or even the USA. They are formed in the hearts of people and expressed through acts of love. And the greatest gifts you could give your family this year are gifts that include a part of you. So, here's the invitation. When you're deciding what gifts to give your family this year, if you've already bought stuff, that, that's, that's okay, that's good. You go ahead and give them that too. But... Uh, if you're still needing some ideas, to what can you give your family? Take the lead from God. Follow His approach to gift giving. I don't want to point out just two or three things about His approach. First of all, He gave His presence. His presence. He came to be with us. That's what the word Emmanuel means, God with us. He came to be with us. He came to live among us. He came to, to eat and laugh and play and share life with us. What could you do this year that would result in you being more present in the lives of the people that need you the most? Well, the greatest gift you could give is to be with them. Give your time and your attention and take an interest in their lives. You see, here's the reality. What the children of this church probably need more than anything, more than any more stuff for mom and dad. What they really need for mom and dad is more of mom and dad's time or their attention or their affection, their encouragement. What could you give that would give evidence that you're going to be present in their lives? What most wives in this church need 
is not, from their husbands, is, is not another couple sweaters. What they really need from their husbands more than anything else probably is more of their husband's time and attention and care and encouragement. I heard about a teenage boy who one year for Christmas gave his dad a pound of coffee. But what made the gift special was that he wrote a note and put it with the the coffee that said, Dear Dad, I hope you enjoy this coffee. Drink it whatever you like. But, here's the deal. You can only drink this coffee when you share it with your son. It was a son's way of saying, of creating an opportunity for he and his dad to spend more time together. God gave us His presence. How can you give yours? I didn't bring mine up here, but I'll tell you what. Everybody, uh, reach down in your pocket or your purse right now, because I know 90% of us have them. Uh, pull, out, pull out your smartphone. Would you do that for me? We even got some little ones down here. Pulling theirs out. These are, these are great devices, but you know what? Studies are showing that these little devices, uh, if, we're, if they're not properly used, can create division and alienate one another within a family. You see, these things are created to help us communicate with one another, talk with one another, tweet with one another, email with one another, without actually having to be with one another. We can be in the same room at the same time and yet not be with one another because we got our head buried in that, that little device. I know I'm, I'm walking on some thin ice here because I'm guilty of it too. Here's an idea. What if as a way of, of giving the gift of your presence to your family, why don't you write a note to every one of them and say, when I come home at the end of the day, for the next year, this is my gift to you, I'm taking this little device and I'm setting it aside right here. <laughs> I hadn't made that promise yet. I'm just telling them to, honey. <laughs> you might be amazed at the difference that could make. That's just one suggestion. What can you do? What can you offer the people in your home that's going to result in you being more present? That's what God offers. And then think secondly about this. God's gift is personal. It's personal. On that first Christmas, the angels came to the shepherds and, and uh, they said, don't be afraid. We've got good news for you. For unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The amazing thing about this gift that God gives us, the amazing thing about God's love is that it's given to you personally. If you're a Christian today, if, you, if your heart has been won to the Lord and you've given your heart to Christ, 
I suspect that you got to that point not because you were convinced that God loved the masses, even though He does. I don't think the fact that God loves the world uh, moved your heart to transform, to give your heart to Him. I think that happened because at some point, for some reason, in some way, it triggered in your heart that God's love was for you. That He died for you. And that His Spirit is given to you. And He can make a difference in your life. And knowing that, understanding that, that's what sealed the deal for you. You see, to God, you're not just some number. You're not some speck of dust in the mass universe. You are you. And that's why He loves you. As unique as you are. That's what probably sealed the deal. So, what if, what if you decided to give the way God gives? Personally. When you're thinking about the gift that you want to give that member of your family, ask yourself, you know, what is it that they need from me? What is it that I, in my relationship with them, can offer them that which can bring the most joy and purpose into their life. Let's face it, most of the gifts that we give scream impersonal. A lot of gifts, maybe some of you aren't guilty, but a lot of us are. A lot of us, you know, we give gifts and, and it really doesn't reflect anything about that person. And we hand it to him, and, and basically what we're saying is, you know, I, I didn't really want to take a lot of time picking this out. I, I really didn't want to give a whole lot of thought to it. So I was walking down the, the aisle of the department store, and I saw it on the shelf, and I bought it, so here, I hope you enjoy it. In person. That's not the way God gives. God's gives very personal. I can't remember many of the gifts that my wife has given me over our almost 40 years of marriage. But I received a gift from her one year that I will never forget. She gave this to me about eight years ago. It's a scrapbook in which she took months and months and months pulling out old pictures and and writing up little stories about practically every aspect of our life together. And she's got things in here, and uh, I've got to share this with you. I I just found this again, this part this morning. She's got a Christmas section in here. I want you to look at this. That's the first Christmas card I gave my wife. What does that tell you? I probably couldn't afford to go to the drugstore and buy a real card. So I just took out a piece of paper and I wrote her a message. At least I did it in red ink. I wrote her a message and signed it Christmas, 1977, our first Christmas together. Now, you know, of all the gifts she's ever given me, of all the gifts I'm going to get at Christmas or any time, which one do you think I'm going to remember? Are you kidding me? Rather than something she went and bought at the store, this is something I'll treasure for. I will never forget this gift. Why? Because it's personal. 
It's got a part of her invested in it. She spent months putting it together. What can you give? What can you do to share yourself with those you love? Well, here's the third thing about God's gift. God's gift is very costly. It's very costly. It costs God the life of His only Son. It costs Jesus to give up the riches of heaven and, and be born into poverty here on earth. It meant Jesus giving up His place of honor in the Godhead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and becoming a servant to all. Listen again to Philippians chapter 2. Speaking of Jesus... <clears throat> Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. And by becoming like human beings, when he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Paul says, you have this attitude which was in Christ. Christ doesn't call us to die on a cross, but He does call us to die to self so that we can serve others. To give the way that God gives is to find a way to give part of ourselves in serving others. What could you do What could you do for the people in your family to do that? Husbands, I hope you won't make the mistake that I made early on in our marriage. One Christmas, I got my wife a toaster for Christmas. That's a big mistake. That's not a very sentimental gift. But, tell you what, even imagine this. What if if you take that toaster? Did you do that? Close? Okay. What if you take that toaster and instead of just wrapping it up, you write a note and you attach it to that toaster and you say, this toaster is just a sign, a symbol of the real gift. Here's the gift. Every morning for the next 12 months, I'm going to bring breakfast to you at the beginning of every day. Now I'm telling you, that's a gift that you'd remember. Okay? That's a gift that you'd remember. Guys, kids, what if, what if you bought, what if you gave your mom and dad a bucket with a couple of big sponges in it and gave it to them for Christmas? Would you put a note to it which said, because I love you, once a month for the next 12 months, we're going to wash your cars without grumbling about it. Kids, what if you gave your mama uh, a box of dish towels and you put a note in there saying, these dish towels are only to be used by us kids because for the next year we're going to clean up the kitchen after every dinner so you can go in and relax. You think that gift might be remembered? i tell you what, it probably will. What could you give? 
that would cost you something besides just money? What could you give that would cost you your time, your attention, your presence, your service? My mom's been gone 16 years now, and every year when I was a little boy at Christmas time, I always asked the same question. Mama, what do you want for Christmas? And she gave the same answer year after year after year. She said, son, all I want is love. Now, as a little boy, I thought that was the stupidest, dumbest response that anybody could give. And I'd ask, no, Mama, seriously, what, what do you want for Christmas? I, Son, I just want y'all's love. The older I get, the real, I, I understand the, the, the beauty of that sentiment. That that's true. No stuff that I could have ever given her would amount to hill of beans. But if I found ways to love her and honor her, those are gifts she would always remember. You see, it's possible this Christmas to actually spend less but give more. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that in your love for us, your lavish love for us, you gave yourself. That teaches us an important lesson. The greatest gifts are relational. Lord, help us find ways to give of our presence, our time, our commitment, our love to the people around us that we call family. Anybody can give them stuff, but because of the relationship we share, we can offer something so much more, something far more important and needed. And we just pray that, oh God, you'd give us the wisdom to, to give more. So this may, well very, may very well be the greatest Christmas we've ever had. And people in our home will receive gifts that they will remember forever. In the name and spirit of Christ, we pray. Amen.